Welcome in to another episode of the Hockey Show Podcast. I am Nick. And I'm John. Happy to be back. It's been a, a fun week of hockey. We've got a lot to talk about. Time to have overreactions today. Time to freak out, all that good stuff. Uh, but before we get into the show, uh, I want to remind you, ESPNHarrisonburg.com. That's a place you can go to listen to this show uh, because we're an ESPN product. That's why we're the best, John. And if you're listening to this you probably already know where to go to listen to this, so it's a little circular, but just in case. Hey, you know, got to remind people, in case they stumble on it, it's like, hey, here's a place you can go every week. We're there. Um, all right, so there is a lot to get to. I uh, do want to talk about the first week that we saw a lot of things that I jotted down. I'm sure you got some notes as well. Probably good to start with uh, an update. Ian Cole has been reinstated after the NHL did their investigation and decided that, well, there just wasn't enough evidence there and um, wasn't enough credible evidence through their investigations, through their interviews. Uh, So he's been reinstated. Uh, Cole has denied the entire time the allegations that uh, anonymously hit Twitter, accusing him of sexually abusing and grooming uh, a young woman as a minor. The Tampa Bay Lightning have also reinstated Cole. Oh, yeah. If you want to read it, go for it. Yeah, it it, it was short. Uh, NHL in a press release said the investigation included two separate interviews with Mr. Cole, as well as interviews with NHL club personnel and other individuals with potentially relevant information. Further, the investigation included a detailed review of online and social media, public data and court records and law enforcement checks. In addition, despite attempts by the league to make contact with an, uh, the anonymous source of social media posts, those efforts were unsuccessful. On the basis of the foregoing, the National Hockey League now considers this matter closed. I don't know that there's a whole lot more that they could do in this situation when they kind of put it like that. I think that's all anyone really wanted was them to just say, hey, we tried to look into this. We can't keep a guy suspended forever. Uh, Yeah. I don't know yeah. that there's a ton to add. <laughs> yeah, uh, there isn't. It's it's they did their due diligence. They couldn't get in touch with the uh, person who made the claim. So it, there's only uh, so far that the NHL could go with it. They went as far as they could. But but you're right. At least they did something. And they were transparent about it and they acted quickly. Is this going to mean that they're going to act that way the next time a situation occurs? Hmm. Probably not. They'll probably try and cover it up for the most part until they get caught. But, you know, it's it's at least a good look for the moment for the league. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it sets a bit of a precedent in that way that, you know, you, you got to believe if they were going to keep him suspended forever, then, you know, this might these sort of things might start to conveniently pop up around the playoffs uh, mm-hmm. or things of that nature. But it. I, I don't know. It always kind of stood out to me that if this was somebody that had a real axe to grind with a team or a league that going after Ian Cole seemed like a very strange way to try to hold the team back, you know? Yeah, that's not the if you want to take down the lightning, that's not the the player to go after, uh, you know, but yeah, it's, you know, we'll still see what happens. You never know if something comes after this, but as far as it is it seems the case is closed on that situation and he's rejoined the tampa bay lightning as they've reinstated him so um moving on from that because that's pretty heavy uh there were some things that uh did occur this week some signings uh actually uh want to start with the flyers or do you want to start with buffalo let's start with buffalo okay buffalo was the really intriguing one 
uh, as the Buffalo Sabres locked up more of their young core and they handed uh, their defenseman, uh, Matthias Samuelson, a seven-year, $30 million contract. Now, he's 22. He established himself as one of the team's top blue liners, but it is Buffalo. Um, in his second NHL season last year, he had 10 assists, 42 games uh, after he missed the start of the season with a leg injury, but that's the thing. He really has never played a full year yet. But seven years, $30 million, what are your thoughts on this deal, John? Do you like it, or is this just a what the hell is happening? It, it could it could work out well for him. Uh, it, it stood out to me a lot that this was a contract being signed by someone that hadn't scored a goal yet. Uh, granted, he's a defenseman, so it's not quite the uh, the same the same as you would judge a forward for, obviously. But yeah, four point two million is probably going to seem like a real bargain towards the end of this contract, even if he's more of a defensive defenseman. I uh, it's as a as a trend in general, it always seems kind of weird to see so many younger players are locking themselves up long term in a flat cap era rather than trying to, you know, sign for a year or two and then, you know, the cap goes up and suddenly there's a whole lot more money to spend. Yeah. Yeah. Um that is an interesting you're right, because that is that is a thing where, you know, the cap is obviously flat right now, but we know it's going up within within the year, it's going up next year. And then by the time a lot of these guys would be hitting that free agency, the cap would be a lot higher and they could really earn that money. You know, a guy like Austin Matthews is going to make a lot of money by the time the, the cap, his contract runs out and the cap expands. I, I see this as, as, as a win for Buffalo in a way, because you said it, that it's, it's only like a $4.4 million hit each year. They're banking on him turning into and remaining one of their top four defensemen. So if you have a top four defenseman who even is just a defensive defenseman making 4.4 million, that's a really good deal. And seven years, so he's going to be 29, 30 by the time this contract expires. Like you're getting him at a bargain if he matures into the player that he should. You know, he's six foot four, 230 pounds, uh, 31 pounds. That's no trade protection either. Yeah, that is, and it makes it an easy contract to move if you got it. You're not stuck in a Jeff Skinner situation again. Um, yeah. This does and, come, and, though, like, this seems like a trend, though, specifically for Buffalo, which is uh, interesting, because I do want to mention that they did lock down Tage Thompson as well for seven years, 50, uh, 50 million as well. Yeah, that is definitely... That happened a little a over a month ago. He's, yeah, yeah. He, they're they're making plans around what their next core is going to be. Uh, you know, seven million is a pretty good bargain for what he should live up to be. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot bad you can say about that deal. No, no, it's, it's a good deal. It really like the only way that deal becomes bad is if he craps out and he's not even like, he's, he's barely a seventh defenseman. That's really the only way. I think this is a good deal. I think I like, I will say this, there is something to say about these young players taking the money. Like, I know you threw out the idea of the, you know, we, we talked a little bit about the cap expanding in, in at the end of the year, and by the time these guys could be free agents, could really milk more money. But there is something to say about these players taking the money, taking 
you know, this contract extension, 30 million, knowing you're making 30 million over the next seven years, as opposed to potentially, you know, bottoming out early in your career. And then you end up signing a Jimmy VC deal of league minimum to play. Yeah, because realistically, every player is about one shift away or one play away from their career being ended by a devastating injury. You know, it doesn't mm-hmm. happen a lot, but if it's, you know, $30 million that you're playing with, uh, then, you know, that's going to be a big, really big deal to you. Uh, the other thing that I always suspect is I feel like you've seen a lot of players change agents more than they have in the past, especially before signing a really big extension as well. And so I'm I'm always a little curious to know how much of this is the player saying, hey, I don't want to worry about this. I don't want to, you know, have to have a big gamble out there. Or how much of it is the agent saying, look, you need it's best if you just go ahead and get this signed, get this locked up. And then if you kick me to the curb in a few years, hey, I've still got this locked in. Yeah, there's there, there could be that sway as well behind the scenes. You never know. Uh, I mean, listen, if I'm an agent, yeah, I'm trying to sway my client to sign a contract um, because it does benefit me in the long run as well. But yeah, I like the, I like this move. I, 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 this is, I like Buffalo's trajectory. I do like where they're going. I don't think that they're a playoff team, definitely not this year and, and probably yeah. not next year, but they're on that cusp. They're, they're, they've. This is the first time I think I can say in a long time that I look at the Buffalo Sabres and I go, okay, it seems like they are heading in the right direction. But then again, we we have said that a lot of times in the past with them of, oh, look, they got Eichel. They're heading in the right direction. You know, <laughs> so. Yeah, and, but it, and if, there's, if, if there was a fun. year to be bad, this is it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, as we've said, you've got plenty of teams that are trying to tank this year. Uh, but I, I don't think that this is the Eichel year for Buffalo. I don't think they're tanking. They're going to be shooting it into their own net. Uh, you know, the home crowd's going to be cheering them to lose games. Like, I don't think it's that type of year in Buffalo. I think that is more... Yeah. Uh, there are some other teams that are setting themselves for, up for that. Chicago Blackhawks that really want to do that. Chicago Blackhawks. That are, that are really desperate for the number one overall pick, Chicago Blackhawks. So, you know. <laughs> if I so say what you're saying is we should talk about the Coyotes. Yes, absolutely. There's another team that's trying to totally take. Although, in all honesty, I'm actually excited. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch the Coyotes uh, play a home game yet. I am excited to see them in that 6,000 person arena because i saw the first uh college hockey game that was played there this season place was packed out and i'm like if they could just get a packed out crowd that could be a fun for them to play in and could make it a little imposing yeah and i know arena availability has been a bit of a thing i know they aren't having their first home game here until october the 28th it looks like uh but it's It'll be, I'm dying to see what it's going to end up looking like. Like I told you on the earlier episode, I really want to see a game there, even if it's not against the Red Wings, just to get a feel of what that arena is like with an NHL team. Yeah, there's something just, again, seeing the college hockey there this past weekend, it made me like seeing that arena sold out there. I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Like this could be really good. I know we were all ripping it. year we were laughing lol coyotes and we'll continue to do so oh yeah absolutely gonna keep pointing the finger at a team that can't figure out which way is left and right 
Um, but yeah, for now, I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, there was another signing as well I saw uh, popped up. Uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, they did they did another one of the things that we just talked about. They signed another one of their young defensemen uh, to an eight-year, $50 million extension. Uh, this is for 26-year-old, uh, former first-round pick, 17th overall by them, uh, Travis uh, Sanheim. So what's your take on this? This looks like it's an annual value, $6.25 million. You like the deal? Not, I was, not a fan of this? I was scratching my head a little on this because he's coming off of a arbitration filing that had him locked up for two years. So I was just kind of under the impression that the Flyers weren't maybe as high on him or as crazy about having him around long term. Uh, it, it, it seems like this year the Flyers are just really up in the air about what they're trying to be. Even John Tortorella seems a little frustrated with what they're trying to be. Uh, but you know, there's a, it seems like a lot of trade protection for a, what should be a middling defenseman, but you know, like we said, with the cap going up, this could end up looking like a real bargain in a few years, potentially. Yeah. I think the one thing that's got me is, you know, this is a 26 year old getting an eight year contract, you know? Yeah. I know he's like 33 when it expires. And 6.25 could look pretty good, you know, six years down the road. And who's to say, I do say this a lot and, and I'm, you know, I got to follow my own logic on this. Traditionally, when you see an eight year contract or a six year contract, take the last year or two off of it. Cause you have buyouts, you have trades, you have teams like the coyotes that need to take on salary to hit the cap, you know, like to hit the cap floor. So the last two years of a contract, I traditionally look at as a, Either this guy's still here because he's still performing or you're doing the Tampa Bay thing and you're getting that person out when there's still a little bit of value right before they fall off and you're able to save the cap hit on your end, get better and, and avoid that situation and let it be somebody else's problem and have another general manager fall for it. So, but I do look at this and I do wonder if like, it just seems like a lot of money up front for a guy that you said is, is kind of a middling defenseman. Like I know he's a first round pick. I know he's pretty solid, but. So, just... so was uh Shane Gosses and we saw what happened with him there. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's Philly. That's the thing. It's Philly. That, that too. The, uh, the other part that stood out to me is the, uh, the no trade clause for the first four years of it. And then after that, it's a modified no trade clause, uh, which will have, you know, some sort of limited protection. He'll probably have a number of teams that he can submit that he doesn't want to be traded to. Uh, but at that point, his birthday is more than likely to be the, no tr the trade protection that he needs there. Because if you're not putting it up, there's not a lot of people that have anything to say for it. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 an interesting move for a Flyers organization that I, I honestly figured would have held on to him for the two years due to that arbitration and tried to figure out their path, especially with Tortorella, figured it out with Tortorella. Is this a guy? Because there's also that catch. He could end up in Tortorella's doghouse really damn quickly, and then you're locked into a guy for the next eight years, and you have to make the, the decision between the coach that you think is going to get you there now because you're not a playoff team, but you think you are, or the player. So it, it gets, it's, it's, oh man. I know the Flyers have looked pretty good to start the season, definitely better than I expected, but I think that's the Tortorella effect from what I've seen so far. 
outside of that, like they're not a team that's going to sustain. They're just, they, I don't know what they are thinking there. Yeah. And, and from what you can tell in the, you know, the last few games that they've been playing with him, Sanheim has been the second most utilized defenseman outside of, of uh, the Provorov D'Angelo pair. So, mm-hmm. so you know that they're, you know, have him pretty consistently in at the second pairing. Uh, I guess, you know, at a certain point, anything that you can do to have a little more consistency there or, you know, one less position that you have to worry about is going to, you know, go a really long way for something like that. 6.25, though, for your second pairing defenseman. I mean, but they got D'Angelo at, at a bargain, I'm pretty sure, correct? I want to say he's like four million or something like that. Remember, that sounds about right. Yeah, because we've gotten a lot more. Let me double check here. Yeah, uh, Tony D'Angelo's at five, and uh, their number one defense in uh, Ivan Provorov is at six, seven, five. So that is boy, that's kind of funny. So he's getting paid only about two hundred and fifty thousand, if I did my math correctly, maybe twenty five thousand less. Um, then the number one guy, yeah, you know what? Sure, why not? You're, you know, you just locked in a little over around close to about 16 million in your top three defensemen. I guess, I guess that's not bad at the end of the day, if if that's what you think it, are your top three. It, at a certain point, it's bad if you think that you can fill it in with somebody better. And they may kind of be looking over the position, looking at what they want to do in the future drafts and kind of saying, well, we can probably live with this guy for a while. Yeah. Um, there also were some injuries this week, actually. Uh, I know you had a little injury update for us there, John. Yeah. So Patrick Line, possibly one of the more frustrating players in the league to watch at mm-hmm. this point, uh, starts the season off as a game against Carolina gets a real cool goal against Carolina and then gets his elbow caught in a hit between the boards and a hurricanes player. And now is out on injured reserve possibly for a few weeks at a time here. And and this is, you know, has been a big chance. Hey, how's he going to be with Kent Johnson? How's he going to be with Johnny Goudreau? Well, we're going to have to wait a while to find out now. So it's just, man, I want that guy to succeed, but it is frustrating to sit back and watch. Yeah, he's he's it is because it's a it's a great it's a good young player or youngish player that seems to be having that career of it's it's starting to become more of a career of what if as opposed to like look at what he did. It's a what if he stayed healthy? What if he was able to accomplish this? What if and and it's sad because he is a player that you know, I've I've really liked for a long time because there's so much talent there. But it's it does. It sucks. It sucks when a player like that where you're you're hoping he can finally showcase what we all know, but then it's uh a setback yet again. Yeah, and and hopefully he'll be healthy here. Part of me is just upset that I'm supposed to see them play Vancouver here tomorrow and now he won't be in the lineup. But just generally speaking, it's you want to figure out what he's going to be like if he could be a little bit more consistent. Because he's yeah. a guy that'll score 30 goals, but he'll do that by having a 20-game stretch without anything. So I mean, it, it's, it, it, Listen, I'm accustomed to that with Chris Kreider and the Rangers. 
<laughs> yeah, you've been we've been waiting so long to see if he can figure it out, can get everything kind of more consistent here, and now we will just continue to wait. Yeah. Um, also, uh, injury news wise, this is a big blow. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs had to place goaltender Matt Murray on long-term injured over the weekend. Uh, what what was it? An adductor injury? Did I say that correct, Doctor? I, I think so. Uh, uh, okay. Adductor, yeah, for the it, it's a hip injury, which you know. Yeah. It, it, Good thing that uh, goaltenders don't have to use their hips, you know, tremendously over the course no, of the game. No, that's uh, not yeah, how so, you move side to side or any of that. Yeah, so the, so they have Ilya Samsonov and uh, they have a emergency loan, uh, Eric Kalgren. Kalgren? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, me being able, not being able to pronounce it isn't saying much, uh, but he, but yeah, they uh, could be in trouble here early on in the season. Yeah, four uh, weeks also, is what also, he's going to miss. Yeah, and frustratingly enough, you really wanted to figure out, you know, if Matt Murray was going to be good enough for him, and now mm-hmm. we have to wait a little longer to figure it out. And, and you know how the how important the first month or two is of the season. You know, half the time your playoff teams are locked in by the time we get to Thanksgiving. So if the Leafs get into a hole early on this season, they could be in some trouble. Yeah, they could, but I'm very excited because I actually like Sam Samsonov. Um, I, I liked him with the Capitals. Uh, I know, you know, his sharing the net last year with uh, Vanek. He only posted uh, 23 wins, 12 losses, uh, the five overtimes, and he had an 8.96 save percentage. But at 25, like, there's just something there that I, I, I think that some consistency like i liked watching him in washington i just something about him that i'm kind of like could this be the moment where he steps up and does the thing that capitals fans didn't think he was capable of and become more of a number one goalie more of a 1a because because i did like the combination of murray and him as a 1a 1b but i i'm curious and i'm excited to see if he can step into that 1a yeah and if you know, if you were trying to get a big stage, it's not going to come much bigger than starting for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, no. and and keep in mind, he's only 25. He's an RFA at the end of this deal here. Mm-hmm. He's got, you know, he he should be really coming into his prime. If this is the, uh, if ever there were a time to step up, this is going to be it. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be interesting. I, I mean, I think that if there's a team that can sustain the loss of their goalie, it's, it could be Toronto because they can pretty much, they can start trying to outscore their problems. They're that good of a team offensively um, when they're clicking. So it's going to be, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Maple Leafs. Uh, and listen, that was my team that I was picking to go to the cup final this year. And uh, honestly, I'm picking the Maple Leafs to win the cup. So I've pretty much doomed Toronto fans. <laughs> so sorry about that. Uh, and one other injury I want to talk about, uh, get your thoughts on it, since you are uh, the Red Wings fan of this podcast, and that's Tyler Batuzzi's out four to six weeks, an upper body injury. Uh, how you feeling over there now that the 27-year-old is is done for a while? Uh, boy, he really started to take his shots all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> vaccination joke for Tyler Bertuzzi. Uh, yeah, it, the... the the Red Wings have been up in the air a lot because some of their younger guys were starting the year off healthy scratched. 
uh, Philip Zadina being the big one that fell to six overall in his draft year. Uh, hasn't been seen any ice time and now is, you know, going to have that opportunity to get back in the lineup here. Uh, but for the the biggest thing that I just keep watching with Tyler Bertuzzi, I mentioned it before, is what his trade value is going to be like. I feel like coming off a shoulder injury, definitely not going to help. Yeah, it's so you think they're going to trade him? Oh, they have to at this point. He's he's not going to be all that great if, you know, once they're competitive again. Uh, I feel like you really kind of have to capitalize on that. Uh, the flat cap situation makes it so that you're retaining some salary. You'll be able to get a lot of value out of that. Uh, we know the uh, Toronto had been sniffing around him at previous trade deadlines. Uh, he hasn't signed an extension. It's been uh, really contentious, both to uh, other RFA contracts that he had with with Detroit negotiating with Steve Eiserman. And it's just, I'm curious to see what they're going to be able to get back from him, especially now that uh, you don't need a vaccine to enter Canada anymore. So he can actually go play games there now, which wasn't um, the case last year. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I I had a weird feeling that he would be part of the we're ready to take the next step. We're going to give him the contract. And he's going to be the veteran presence, the guy that had been here, one of ours, uh, similar to what the Rangers did with Chris Kreider, where you finally make the decision of, okay, we're done selling off. Now we have to make a decision on the guy that's been here. Do we do one more sell off or do we keep him and build around him? So I, I saw him as being that, but you know what? If you guys do find a trade partner for him, I'd say you could probably still swing a third, maybe a second at the deadline, because they'll they'll be that team that like loses out on who they really want, mm -hmm. and then overpays for the next best guy, which would be Bertuzzi. Yeah, and he has a very rough and tumble sort of not afraid to get physical style, and and needless to say, uh, that makes me concerned about signing him long term. Uh, you know, as he gets older, that style doesn't tend to age very well. Uh, that's a great point. I think that all the time, actually, with uh, to go local on the Rangers for a second. Ooh, as I think I found the uh, game finally. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I think that finally yeah, for, happened. For those of you that that can't see this, which would be all of you, I have the Red Wings game on in, in the background as we record here, and Nick has his Rangers game on in the background as he's yeah. recording there. So yeah, I think I finally got it. If not dedicated to the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, actually, with the Rangers, Ryan Lingren, I'm one of the people that, um, and Ranger fans might come at me, but. I think he plays too much of that physical game as a defenseman. And I think that with physical defensemen like that, you have to sell when they're 27, 28, because they will not last by the time they turn 32, 33. Like you get, you get that guy that's just, Oh, Oh, like, Oh no, he's four steps behind. You get a Brett Burns and, and the rest. Yeah. The, if, the you, if you resign him for, you know, three or four years, that's a, decent gamble to take but if you're the player there how do you not want to get locked up for a seven or eight year deal exactly um all right so that's uh the contracts injuries stuff like that uh let's take a look at the first week at a glance things that like we noticed things that we liked uh, i do want to start with opening night 
watching the Vegas game versus the LA Kings and the Domehead Kings. Chrome oh, what dome. a gimmick. Yeah. What a what a gimmick. And I love it. I loved that jersey. I could not get enough opening night. Yeah, the uh, the helmets I didn't necessarily hate. I think it's a little jarring when the entire team has them. And I know Vegas does that sometimes too with the metallic gold uh, yeah. helmets with it. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it would be like seeing that every single night, but you know, every now and again, it's probably fine. Yeah, it's a fun gimmick. It's 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 the third jersey. It's the retro jersey. It's all of that. It's it's pull it out. And I love when Vegas does it as well. I love the. I love seeing the golden knights literally with a golden helmet uh, on that ice. So uh, yeah, I really dug that. Uh, it didn't help the Kings though, as Vegas uh, beat them opening night. And actually we'll just jump into it right now. Vegas is on my list of things I've noticed this week because get ready for Vegas winning their division and going all the way to the Stanley cup final three and O start. They have looked like they can outscore all of their problems. <laughs> yes, they uh, looked really good against LA. Uh, they beat they beat the Chicago Blackhawks by one, and uh, you know they don't ask how they ask how many, and exactly. uh, the, and they uh, beat the Seattle Kraken. So uh, you know part of the fun of the first week of the season is just overreacting to things. I don't know that you could draw a ton of conclusions from this quality of competition, but uh, putting it together. Looking hey, good. Hey, they're gaining their points. They're getting their points. They're beating teams that they should. But I, what, what I saw opening night was I saw a team that I think truly is going to have a year where they're going to lose some close games due to the goaltending, but they're going to be able to compete as long as they stay healthy. As long as this team is healthy, they will compete and they can outscore anybody on any given night. And that, you know, not really, you don't look at that as the key to success, but in the West, it could work. Yeah, for uh, for the goaltending duo that they're rolling out of you know between Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson uh you didn't have very high expectations but they seem to be getting it done so far and and, and like we said if you bank up away enough points early in the season you can play 500 hockey the rest of the year and make it into the playoffs so you know I don't know how much their style is gonna stand up to Carolina to Tampa to all those other teams but they don't necessarily need it to they need to you know, put away enough wins that, you know, once you go up against Calgary or Edmonton in your division there, that, you know, it, it's not going to be the end of the world if you drop a few games there. Yeah, then that's, you know, you mentioned it. By Thanksgiving, we traditionally, you, you can pretty much kind of start figuring out who the playoffs team teams are through the points that are banked at this early point of the season. So uh, good on Vegas. I, I I kind of undersold them. But yeah, like like you said, the overreactions of the first week, I feel bad underselling them in our preview because I was not expecting them to come out and score at that pace to start the season. Even, you know, yeah, I know it is like the Blackhawks they beat, but. Yeah. Can I ask you a question about their helmets? Yeah. So, uh. So they have the gold chrome helmet sometimes, and we talked a little bit about L.A. Do you know what the uh, Finnish Liga does with those? No. 
so the leading uh point getter or uh leading the point leader for each team wears a gold uh different colored helmet and a lot of finnish teams do it as a gold one that's just kind of puts all the attention on them i was curious what you thought about that use of the uh the chromatic helmets there i mean that's kind of cool uh it, it definitely helps like if i'm if i'm a casual hockey fan that's the player i know to watch for yeah. sure. Like, you know, like, like if I'm going to a hockey, like, like imagine going to a hockey game and you go to a Washington game and you show up and you see Ovechkin wearing a chrome helmet, but you know nothing about hockey. You, you have no idea that this guy is about to, that is a chase Wayne Gretzky's record for most goals in a career. You have no idea of that, but you see him with that. You go, that guy matters. Why does that guy matter? And then everybody around you is going to be like, cause that guy is literally the best player of this generation. Even exactly. though we're going to talk about somebody that is right there with him as best player in a second. Yeah. <laughs> didn't mean to sidetrack you there, but I, I was no, I wanted to make sure crazy. I didn't forget to bring that up there for uh, what happens with some of those chromatic helmets. It's a pretty cool That's thing cool. that they do. That's cool. I like that. Uh, and speaking of players that are right there with Ovechkin, uh, I want to talk about Crosby really quickly in the Penguins, another team that I washed up. Yeah, Nothing I didn't undersell the them. Tank. Nothing else going on. What did he do this week? Uh, well, he only went two goals, four assists, six points, and two games played. Um, he went full Sidney Crosby, and meanwhile, Vetchkin's struggling to put up points right now. None of the stars in Washington by doing anything. Uh, well, but yeah. the, the quality of competition is something to take in mind beginning of the year. I mean, who did the Penguins end up playing on Saturday? Were, were, they, were they playing the Flyers or the Devils or the... Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay. Okay. We might have something here. Yeah. 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 They they had a little good competition and uh Crosby lit it up. Uh Gensel, uh Jake Gensel had two goals, two assists as well, four points. Um, that's pretty good combo right there. Uh pretty Man, scary it, combo. Well, if they still got it, uh they cause the the thing everyone keeps talking about watching the East is what team's gonna fall out. You know, mm-hmm. is it going to be Boston? Is it going to be Washington? You know, someone like this. And people keep going back to the Penguins saying that, you know, well, you know, they're pretty old. They're, you know, the p- possibility exists there. And their first game was against uh, the Coyotes. So, uh, you know, to be perfectly fair. But when you put up six to two on the Lightning, even if they played the night before, you know, that's a that's a pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, that's that's something to write home about. And that's that's why I jotted it down, because beating Tampa that way that's a statement hey listen it's a statement every time a team beats Tampa it matters it doesn't matter if Tampa played three games in a row or had a week off and was rusty none of that matters that has been the best team out of the east over and over and over again they have the best goalie in the world beating them is the gold standard of the regular season absolutely it really it, is. It's, so it's it the, they're the measuring stick team, yes, especially in the exactly. East. Yes. And Colorado right now is the overall stick of if you can beat Colorado, you beat the defending cup champions. Um, so, yeah, beating Tampa matters. Uh, and Pittsburgh, uh, you know, we're, we're saying it's early reactions, right? Uh, I don't think Pittsburgh's the team to worry about faltering. Uh, I think it's the uh, Capitals that we should be a little worried about right now. 
that that has been the the go to for a lot of people saying that the Caps might be the team to fall out. And, yeah, and they're it, looking pretty bad right now. And, and yeah, it's it's possible. You know, when a, when a team's older like that, I feel like sometimes it get, takes them a little, little longer to get going than it does against uh, you know maybe some of the younger teams. Uh, and even certain players always have it. Like Roberto Luongo comes to mind as somebody that always had a bad October, always had a really slow start to the year. Uh, but like, yeah, hey, like we've been saying this whole time here, the this early part of the season makes a huge, huge difference for everything. So, so you, if you're in their seat, you want to make sure you're getting it together and getting it together quick. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did have one more thing. Uh, to talk about, but I know you as well. So I'm curious, um, before we talk about the most distracting thing of the start of this season, what, what did you jot down from this past week? Uh, a couple things that really jumped out to me, uh, Ilya Sororkin, uh, granted, you know, like we said, part of the fun overreacting one game and everything highest, uh, save percentage above expected in the league right now. And that's saying something based on the, you know, the team that he's playing behind. Uh, I, I, it's, I, I might be, you know, rubbing a raw nerve here, talking about a New York team with a really strong Russian goalie that starts with an S. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's something where they said that he had a really strong season last year. And so far, it seems like he is picking up right where he left off. I That really jumped out to me a lot as i watch things here um oh another... he's a he's a great goalie just to jump in and not not yeah he is a great goalie he is really good he's going to win the islander a lot of games um my question comes down to you but hey the island lit up the lamp the other the other night against anaheim my big question was more who's going to score for that team and as i'm asking that question yeah. they proceed to put six up on anaheim um, and I saw, you know, some people trying to make the excuse of like, oh, well, West Coast teams struggle on the East Coast when they just get it. It doesn't matter. They put yeah. up six on Anaheim. Will they will that sustained scoring occur all year with 37, 38 year old players? Yeah, that's that's going to be the question of the Islanders. Yeah. And like and, and to a certain degree, you know, the uh, there, there's always there's been a ton of talk about Patrick Kane this year as well and whether he'll get traded somewhere and oh, he's going to the rangers like he, come on well you know getting that cap space is kind of difficult to do i wonder you know if there's anyone really adept at loopholes that could make something happen for the islanders there mm, that would require lou to be bold and lou is anything but that bold I don't think Lou yeah, has he, it in him to pull that trade off. Uh, but what if his job was on the line? Mm. Last year of his contract, a lot of people calling for his head. Will mm. he go out and take the big swing? I mean, but also you'd have to get Kane to accept that trade. Yeah, that's well, the other you know, question. Detail. Yeah, uh. <laughs> <laughs> that, that no movement clause where, you know, it's pretty much been reported that he's I mean, it, it obviously could all change by the deadline, but it does seem like right now he has one team in that list and it's the Rangers. 
But yes, you're right. Come the deadline, the Islanders could be, you know, sitting in the playoff spot, looking real good, playing good hockey, and the Rangers could be kind of just sitting there as well. He could hand in three or four teams on that list. We all just assume as of right now, inside reporting is one team, New York, and that's the Rangers. But again, you're right. Come the deadline, everything's going to look different. It's not going to look like October. And, and and we know Patrick Kane is a is a Buffalo guy. Uh, I I just don't think at this point in his career he's too interested in being part of the part of the rebuild for something. Uh, granted, you know if you're Buffalo and you had a chance to sign Patrick Kane, you sign Patrick Kane. Uh, oh, yeah. Just maybe not this year when you're trying to bottom out a little. No, 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 no. Uh, you you wait for the off season when a team that traded for him and gave up prospects and stuff like that and draft picks to try and make the run cannot re-sign him. You know, the Rangers, the Bruins, uh, the Penguins, I could see him going there as well. Possibility. I could see Colorado pulling out a deal for him. Weird as that is. Yeah. Finding a way to make that work. There will be no shortage of people looking for his services. Yeah, it's it's and and people will try and make it work whether they have to pull in a third team like the Coyotes or somebody like that that's got the cap space that could eat up a portion of the contract. Uh, you know, like Chicago eats half, the Coyotes eat half and then the Rangers are paying Patrick Kane like 1 million dollars. Uh, you know, like those are the types of things you could see happen. Uh or the Florida Panthers are paying him 1 million Cause why the hell not? You know that would be that would be a real shakeup, baby. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. We'll see where I, King I don't goes. Know. Is there a limit to how many teams you can launder a contract through, for lack of a better term? I feel like it's one. I feel it like I feel be. like I feel like that player can have his cap space held by two teams, right? Because wasn't it because of Phil Kessel yeah, they like made can- that a thing? <laughs> yeah, you can definitely do it for two. I you might be able to do it for three, but I could be wrong there. If you could do it for three, then there's really the, the money laundering that's going to happen for Patrick Kane to go somewhere is going to be quite impressive on our trade deadline update show. <laughs> yeah. When we try and break down that uh cap geek. Oh gosh. One of us needs to get real good at math real quick. No, uh, no. It, one, one, <laughs> one other thing that stood out to me uh, so far this week was Kevin Fiala. Uh, Kevin Fiala is 26 years old. Uh, he got traded to the Kings, uh, I'm pretty sure, for either nothing or just about nothing last year. Uh, showed a lot of promise there. Uh, re-signed him. Uh, at that age, he is really posed to just go off uh here if he has the opportunity he has three points in three games so far uh i'm fairly certain he had something to do with one of the goals against detroit i saw out of the corner of my eye here uh but one that it's not just necessarily the potential that's there for kevin fiala but what i noticed in that first game with the kings that he took a just a really dumb penalty just clearly being frustrated and hacking at a guy with his stick and that's always kind of been his reputation is that he's you know a really good elite scoring forward to have but could take some really bad penalties for him if he can stay out of the box this year 
he is going to be a terror in that Pacific division. But I just, at, at this point in his career, I just don't know if he's at that point to do that, you know, when it comes to taking bad penalties like that. And if yeah. you're a team, that has to be so frustrating, too, that for everything good he does, he's doing something to set you back at the same time. Yeah, I know he had a big game, uh, a big, uh, you know, revenge game uh, against Minnesota the other night. But you're right. Like, he'll have that great game against Minnesota and play that perfect, like, oh, my God, if he does this day in and day out, we we got, we wow, did we win this trade. But then he'll have a game where he takes the stupid penalties and he does the dumb things and he's just kind of a maniac out there. So, yeah, there there are those frustrating players that you know the talent they have, you know what they're capable of, and and you're right. He is a guy that really can take it to the next level if he just controls his game and stays out of the penalty box. Would be good for him. The last thing that I have, I know, was on your list as well and we wanted to talk about it and that is the virtual ads that we were like yo this seems like a really cool yeah i'm curious to see how this, this plays out bad yeah this can't be bad and sure yeah. enough the nhl did the most nhl thing and the ads are super distracting there have been cases where they have glitched and it looks like you're playing nhl 23 where you cannot see the players and the puck and all you have is ad space in front of it. They're changing in the middle of plays and the action. Whose idea was it to have changing in the middle of the play while, while the puck's still going? I I have no idea because I figured they would have done the baseball thing, which is when the play is active, when the pitcher's getting ready to pitch, the ads behind the catcher do not move because it's a distraction to one, the pitcher and to the fans as well. So I don't know who that was, but yeah, they, Oh God, it's, it's not fun. I I can fall on my sword a little and say, I may have been a little naive saying, oh, you won't be able to notice them. It's like, really? What's the point of the ad then? Uh, That's a fair point to make if you were talking to me. Uh, But at the, I don't get the need to like make them animated and stuff. And and even watching Detroit play Montreal, like a, a, uh, a Montreal player with that white helmet kind of like leaned into the board. It looked like he was, falling into another dimension almost just as again everything blends in there together and and i tried to play around with it a little bit just to kind of see what the impact was like and that phoenix uh or excuse me arizona uh pittsburgh game i started on the pittsburgh feed and you see you know the ppg paints uh ads and all this stuff and then i switched over to the arizona feed and they had ads for a arizona casino but the Pittsburgh logo is still there at the center of the ice, so it looks completely out of place for everything. You know, that's funny that you say that, because, yeah, it, it is very weird to get your ads on the away team's boards when that was, like, supposed to be the point, right? Was, oh, there's this board space that we can sell to our local advertisers, and they don't away games. And yeah, it's a little, it's very distracting. It's very, but it's here to stay. Let's be real. It's yeah. a moneymaker. I, I would... I would I would just like it if the ads themselves didn't have to move around. You know, Agreed. I get I get changing them 
because because what really stood out for it is rather than having you know one spot along the boards it's you know the caesar sportsbook or whoever it is is advertising takes up every spot along the board so then you have to notice them a little more i get that i get you know having to flip it and saying okay we'll give you x amount of you know tv time or stuff like that i i just the animated moving around while the puck is in play I'm not going to adjust to that as quickly as I thought. Yeah, it's it's been it's, it's been a rough week with that. Any 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 board play? There's your hockey sex word of the day: board play. <laughs> um, <laughs> we could say that on ESPN. Don't worry. It, it is. It's distracting. You say it. It's like entering the void. It's like Homer getting caught behind you know a cabinet and going into the wall and into another dimension. Like it's really like where did they go? We don't know. It's a 3D world. That's for sure. I hope they figure this out. And I hope they, they probably it will. Better. It's just it's just par for the course for the NHL to roll out something when it's not a hundred percent ready. Yeah, that's very very on brand for them, and that's that's why we do this show because it's it's a fabulous sport everybody loves, and we love talking about the best game on ice. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to remember what uh, Sean McIndoe's latest book was. Down goes Brown. I think the headline says uh, stories about the world's most beautiful game in the world's dumbest league, or something among those lines. Boy, if that didn't sum it up. Yeah, that's 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 what this league is. And on that note, uh, another fun week, another fun episode. Uh, dropped a little bit earlier than we figured it would this week because. Uh, Throw it out there. You mentioned it earlier. You're going to game on a Tuesday night. Yes. Yes, I am. It, yeah. It'll be, it's been, obviously it's been a while since we've had live hockey here. And, and, and that's why one of the best things to be able to do here in Columbus is that, you know, as the team's gotten better, the weekends are still a little crazy, but a Tuesday game, you can still get in for less than 20 bucks and to oh. see NHL competition at that level for that price is a, uh, is a blessing here for sure. And hear the cannon go off as well for only less than 20 bucks. Of course, it's fantastic. Why would anyone have anything to say against it? Yeah, who doesn't love a, a cannon being fired <laughs> off in an arena? Do, do you want to talk about the Buffalo Sabres goal songs real quick? Oh, yeah, that's right. We did have that. <laughs> I was trying to wrap the show up, but we have something fun to wrap up the show. I, I'll... I'll 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 do a a bridge version of this, but this this stood out to me as a you know that uh that terrifying p word that hockey players always fear personality. <laughs> uh, so so as I read into this, I found out apparently the Buffalo Sabers do this every year. Is every individual player gets to pick a individual goal song within reason, of course. Of course. Uh, and it, that's got to be hell on earth for the or in arena guys that are picking those out. Uh, but the uh, a couple of things stood out to me as I looked over the list they put out for everyone here. Uh, now, granted, uh, the first thing that uh, happened is I felt my bones slowly turn to dust as I struggled to identify uh, half of the musicians and songs that were on this list. But hey, if it makes the kids happy, it makes the kids happy. Uh, Jeff Skinner uh was going really strong with Miley Cyrus's party in the USA. Uh similar genre switched it up a little bit. Uh now he has Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Uh, I like that. I like that. Victor Olafson, guy from Sweden. What do you think he went with? A guy from Sweden? 
what's what's a good Swedish band? Uh, ABBA. And oh, that's kind of put Sweden on the map for a lot of people. He's going to be using gimme, 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 uh, which is big on TikTok, apparently. I don't know. And uh, Ilya Lubushkin, Lubushkin? I'm sorry, Ilya. Uh, he <laughs> went way out there and went with the Gummy Bear song. What the hell is the Gummy Bear song? I am a gummy bear. I am a gummy bear. I am a gummy, 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 gummy bear. You don't know that one? I have no idea what that is. Man, you were out of the loop on European techno hits. Seriously, my European techno, I gotta dust up on that. (laughs) But but given that they had individual goal songs like this, I I know you have to have thought about this before. If If you got to pick a song, what what with? I mean, uh, there, there's two I instantly think of. Um, one of them would be Pantera's Walk, which yes. I just think is such a, that would be such a badass song, like Square Goal, and you just hear that, dun, 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 and that it's just respect. Yeah, because I scored. <laughs> so respect it. Uh, but then the other part of me wants to go with, use this one a lot, like as well for, what would be a great wrestling theme song if I was a bad guy? I would take simply the best from Tina because <laughs> it's such an obnoxious song. So, like, just picture it's like, go oh, Nick Pearl is like, it's simply the better than all the rest. And I would just be skating with my arms out, like I'm like I'm Jack on the boat on the Titanic, like, ah, oh, just gliding through. Through the arena. I, I feel like the only way you could get away with that is if you were a guy that scored like six goals a year or something ridiculous. <laughs> like Let's be real. If I was playing in the NHL, I would. I would only have like five goals. <laughs> I would be Matthew Barnaby uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, I always thought a great choice for a goal song would be uh, Black Skinhead from Kanye West. Uh, mm. Excuse me. Yee. Uh, get it right. Probably, he's gonna probably have to probably have to use the instrumental version of that song, I would think. Uh, but I feel like the beat to it is so heavy. Uh, and if the team kind of said, you know, hey, seriously, I'd be like, yeah, probably right. Uh, you gotta go with something metal if that's not the case. If you want to roll out Slayer or even something more recent like Avenged Sevenfold, or just something like that, something really heavy that gets everyone pumped up for it. Uh, but, you know, first choice would obviously be Yeezus. <laughs> um, I do want to quickly say, though, I got to give uh, a shout-out to, I'm going to screw his name up on the Sabres, uh, Henry... Yeah, we're just going to go with Henry. Uh, Kickstart My Heart, Motley Crue was his song. Oh, that's a great song. Yeah. That is a great pick. That is a great pick. That yeah, that would work well. And, and I know that they they did this for Team Canada originally, so I think that may have been where a lot of this bled over from. But it's yeah. kind of cool. Maybe we'll see other teams kind of adopt it, or maybe it stays Buffalo's thing. I don't know. Uh, well, what is it? Um, our 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 old uh, frat broski Jordan with the Capitals. He he covers them, and I know. They do something with songs that the players pick as well. I can't recall if it's for goal songs um, or if it's just... I, I feel like they do the goal song thing as well because at his wedding, 
he had their playlist playing. So like, it was like, now we're playing oh. Nicholas Backstrom's song. Now we're playing Ovechkin's song. And that was oh, kind of cool. Yeah, it was kind of cool. And I was like, wow, that's a, that's a keeper of life you got there. That's going to let you use a <laughs> Capitals playlist for your wedding dances. Deep cuts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I'll have to message him and ask him about that before next week. But I think I, I yeah, for sure. They definitely do something with players pick the songs. I just don't remember what they use it for at the arena. Cause also the last time I was at Capital One Arena, I almost was in a fight with like an entire row of Capitals fans. So <laughs> uh, sky blue, water wet, exactly. Right? Why me in the four hundreds about to get into a fight with a row of Capitals fans? Crazy. Well, that's part of the experience of the upper yeah. deck. If you want to keep Absolutely. your kid away from that sort of stuff, you go to the lower bowl for that. Absolutely. You just, you know, you let those Caps fans know you beat Georgiev and chirping me that I'm wearing a Panarin jersey while you're in an Ovechkin jersey really doesn't make sense. (laughs) He's got a Panarin jersey on. Um, All right. That's it. That'll do it. Well, Nick, where can we find you? Where can we interact with you? Where can we get where you want plucked? Uh, I just want my Twitter plugged. Wonderful underscore radio. I tweet about hockey, (laughs) sports movies i got my i got my rankings from my letterbox up of all the halloween movies so 13 of them so you can come yell at me about where i ranked the last halloween movie because i gave it a better ranking than some of the ones that you probably like um so yeah that's where you can find me <laughs> what about you john yeah. uh i'm on twitter at jt evans and the number zero and i will have uh occasional comments to make about hockey and other things that gradually come across and grab my interests. Oh my gosh, he plugged his Twitter. I never thought it would happen on the show. <laughs> All right, until next week. Bye, everybody. See ya. Oh, I'm a gummy bear. Yes, I'm a gummy bear. Oh, I'm a yummy, tummy, funny, lucky gummy bear. I'm a jelly bear.